This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Happy to be with you on this Thursday night. Oh, we've got baseball, we've got basketball, we've got football, and we've got a happy Gordon Damer next. Riding with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Harvey and Joe are along the way for the next couple of hours. Gordon Damer, how are you? Larry, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm on pins and needles, but Uh Gordon Damer, this is for you. Grounded to third. When you saw that happen, Gordon Damer, well, did you see it happen live? Or did you yeah, see it oh, sure. Morning? Yeah, yeah. We were sitting there last night watching it, um, uh, along with the 135 people that were at the Oakland uh, Stadium. Uh, yeah, why, I mean, look, it just tells you baseball is weird. Ba- baseball is weird. You, you can think you know things about baseball, but it makes no sense so many times. Herman, who's been up and down so far this year, last time out goes out and gets absolutely destroyed, gives up four home runs, gives just gets blasted, and then he becomes part of, of baseball uh, immortality, right? I mean, 24 no, uh, perfect games in the history of the sport, and now he's one of them. So a wild scene, certainly uh, – Good to see them get the the win yesterday, pick up another win this afternoon. That's what you're looking for as a Yankee fan. But, yeah, I mean, you could not uh, you could not script it any weirder than having – I think you could make the case that everyone else in the rotation would have a better chance if you were picking someone to throw a perfect game than Domingo Harman because it's not very often he sticks around past the, the fifth or sixth inning. So, uh, yeah, wild scene last night out in Oakland. Do we know, guys, if – our uh, contest winner picked the AL New York team yesterday because they, I, I'd boy. I think, right? They were playing the A's. Unfortunately, yeah. they went with the Mets. What? Oh. What are they thinking? Who is this person? Let's call them out by name. <laughs> that is one of the worst calls in the history no. of sports. How could you? The Mets have been terrible. Let me just Let me just argue for the person just for a second. Did you really think? That with the Marengo home run on the mound, before anything happened, that you would have bet him throwing a no-hitter? No. Well, look, that's why we have the contest, is because it's very unlikely anybody's going to throw a no-hitter, never mind a, a perfect game. But the Mets were playing the Brewers. The Mets have been playing horribly, just horrible baseball. And the A's are the kings of horrible baseball. So I'm not, I, I, nobody thought anybody was going to throw a perfect game or a no-hitter. But if you have the, 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 the Yankee situation or the Mets situation, uh, I think that that one was a layup. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, if Scherzer was on the mound, maybe. If Scherzer Verlander's on the mound, Gordon, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot. But, yeah, no, n- not the way the Mets have been going. No, no, I, no. I wouldn't go there. We, and listen, I, I get it, Harvey. Good job for the defense. Herman is not exactly with no, of course. His last couple of outings have not Absolutely. exactly had He's no been hitter. Horrendously bad, absolutely. But but they were playing the A's. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> they were playing the A's. So the Yankees, Gordon, because I, I 
I'll talk about the Mets in a minute. Gordon, Stanton, looks like he's tinkering. Maybe starting to wake up a little bit. But Donaldson, that ball is still going, my friend. That was a bomb today, absolutely. Um, Glaber last night, big hit. Yeah, a couple of hits today. Mm-hmm. Maybe the offense is starting to find its way. Now, I'm not going to – I'm not – I'm not going to put Donaldson on that list just yet. It's it's nice he hit a big, long home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was an important home run, unlike a lot of the other ones that he's hit so far this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get worked too worked up about that. But Stanton and Glaber and, and Rizzo. It's and important. Bader. Even Volpe. Even, I mean, Volpe had a couple of hits today. I, uh, IKF had a couple of hits today. LeMayhew even had a hit today. I'm not exactly sure why he's batting leadoff, but... We'll just uh, we'll ignore that and leave that alone for now. The same lineup. Well, wait. Now, here's my question for you. Same lineup tomorrow or no, who will be rested? of course, no. Who absolutely. will be rested from this lineup today, tomorrow? I mean, it, it can't I don't be know one who's of the big pitching. three guys because yeah, they're I don't not supposed to be playing. I know. I, I, I'm not sure who's uh, pitching for the Cardinals tomorrow. Um, I don't know if it's Jordan Montgomery or if it's a left-hander. Um, I would think – who had who had the best day today? Bader. He had three hits. Yeah, maybe it might be a day off for Bader, or maybe it's a day. I would think that they're not going to give Stanton a day off. They're certainly not going to give no. Donaldson a day off. No, he's riding. No. He's, he's red hot. Oh, every game he's playing. Rest of the season, mm-hmm. he he's going to go for uh, when Joe Girardi was here. Robinson Cano's record. He's going to be no, like there the, was no load management for yeah. Robinson Cano when Girardi was here. He he's going to be the hitting equivalent of Scott Proctor when Joe Torre was here. <laughs> Tanyan Sturtz. You mean he's gonna? You mean he's gonna set set a fire on the field? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit him again. Hit him again. Back to Proctor. Oh man, poor guy's arm was falling off. Still he he still can't lift Proctor. it. Yeah. Him, uh, as you mentioned, Tanyan Sturtz. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of other guys still uh, can't lift them. Yeah. Still can't lift them. Still. That's unbelievable. Um, Gordon, we've got. Luis Severino against Matthew Libertore. Okay. I do not know Matthew Libertore. I've, I've heard the name, but I, I don't know mm-hmm. much about him. Yes. So uh, he is uh, one in two with a 5.60 ERA. This looks like an opener. Kind of looks a little bit like an opener, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, you know, we'll see what happens. And then there's the Mets. And Gordon, um, So, last night, I'm thinking, how is this team going to respond? Remember, we had that conversation. Sure. And so, the owner speaks yesterday. Mm-hmm. The manager gets tossed last night in the game. Mm-hmm. They can't find a way to get another run last night, and they have a lead and blow it tonight. And once again... And it's it's crazy. Uh, Gary Cohen had some really interesting stats, and this is the issue that you have now. It's about Max Scherzer. Gordon Max Scherzer was rolling tonight. Mm-hmm. He was rolling. He had one bad pitch, one bad pitch. Coming into the game, this is thanks to Gary Cohen on SNY. Max Scherzer's third time through the order this season. Opponents are hitting a robust. 362 with an 1125 OPS. <laughs> and like tonight, Barry Bonds circa 2004. 
And tonight, the second, the third time around, they were four for eight, including the game time two run home run from Caratini. And that's been the issue for him. Mm-hmm. That's been his issue. He 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 just cannot. He's unable. And this is a Brewers. This is not the same Brewers that just lit the Mets up the first time they played them. This was a Brewers team that was struggling to hit. They were one for nineteen at one point with runners in scoring position in this series. But this has been the issue with 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 Scherzer this year. Now he didn't pitch badly. No, I mean no, you know. But once again, when your team is struggling. You can't give up that that two run home nope. run. You gave they gave you a you two can't. nothing lead with the way the Mets offense operates. A lot of times that should have been like five nothing. Uh, that's about as much as you were going to get, uh, and that's all they got in the course yeah. of the night. Uh, very frustrating. I think that it, it's clear at this point. I, I can't. It's almost like you look at the Mets record, and it, it almost feels like they're worse than what they are. Yeah. It feels like they never win. It feels yeah. like they never win games. So when you see that they're, what, what are they, nine now, under now? Nine under 500? Yeah. It feels like they're 20 games under five. I feel this month, they, it's, it's a, they lose every day. They lose yeah. every day, it feels like. Yep. I think they've lost, what is it, 14 out of 20, something like that, they, they've lost? It's, uh, it's, it's, just, it's crazy. They, it they are out of it. They are done. They are spent. Like, we wanted to see how they would respond, not just to the the the, the owner speaking, but back at home. They've played mm-hmm. better at home. They haven't played well on the road. They have a couple of teams coming in here that are not – they're not the top of the – not the Braves. They're not the, the Astros. I mean, they're, they're fine. But teams you have to beat. Mm-hmm. And you see the performances the Mets have put up. Uh, oh, it's over. Yeah, like, how much longer are you going to wait for it to, to, to take hold? It's it's done. I think so. I really do. It's it's a lost season. It, it's a lost season, Gordon. And, and you know, of course, anything can happen. But I mean, what gives you any sign of hope that anything's going to happen when you see how they play? They just, you know, and and I mean, Alonzo hits a ball. You know, if he wait, if he waits another split second, Gordon, it's a home run. He it's too quick. He pulls it. it curves foul. Uh, they've had they had line shots. You know, it's just, everything is not going their way. Everything that went their way last year has not gone their way this year. Just hasn't, has not, has not. Is they? They're, they're not two. The Cardinals are only two and a half games back of I the know. Mets. I know. You don't have to tell me. Whew. Uh, it's bad. This is this is. It's unbelievable. And I keep. I'm not a Met fan, but I keep expecting. Well, at some point they're gonna. Baseball is that, as I said, it's weird, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. you, you think you can know what's going to happen, but it's, not. and every time you think the roof is going to cave in, even the worst teams win some every once in a while. The A's yes. had a winning streak earlier this year, and they have like twenty-one wins on the season or something like that. Yep. It, it it never it never happens for the Mets. They win one once in a while, but that's about it. And then they get right back to the way they were before. And tonight, this one, it's like there's there's three options. Either you score a lot and you give up a lot. Um, you score a little, but you give up a little bit more. Or mm-hmm. you don't really score at all and the other team beats you by a run. And tonight mm-hmm. that was the third one. Again. Again. <laughs> Again. I think they're, what is it, 12 and 14 in one-run games? I mean, They have in the last, they've now lost four of five. Three of the four have been one-run games. <sighs> Not what you want. 
Not what you want. And, and you had opportunities. You had opportunities. Lots. Bases loaded. What was it the seventh inning? You had yes. an opportunity in the ninth inning. Yes. Bases loaded. And, and, uh, well, not bases. Second and third. First and second. First and third. Couldn't get it done. Then second and third. Couldn't get it done. Then bases loaded. Couldn't get have, it done. Have you started making your list? Now, you are not a spiteful person. No. But as a sports fan, as a Met fan, there has to be, it's not that everybody annoys you the same. There's always guys that annoy you more. So mm-hmm. as you look ahead to the trade deadline, if it is that the Mets season is now done and they are going to be sellers at the trade deadline, do you find yourself watching the game and say, get this guy out. This guy, get him out. I am sick of this guy. I got to get this guy out. Is there a guy on the list? Is there a couple of guys on the list? Uh, the Met bullpen mm-hmm. is on the list. <laughs> the Other whole, than the whole thing. The whole thing. Other than Robertson from Auto, from Adovino on, I'll get rid of all of them. I want them, I don't I don't want any of them back. Some of these guys I don't even know, and they're not doing the job. I, the Met bullpen for me, I'm just done. I'm just done mm-hmm. because even they never pick you up. Once again, David Robertson aside, mm-hmm. Gordon, they never pick you up. No, never. I mean, Scherzer left the game. Okay, all right, one bad pitch. It's two two. Can you? Can the bullpen at least come in? And once again, look, Drew Smith was okay. But, I mean, the bullpen, I'm done. I'm done. Just get rid of the whole bullpen. Start from scratch. The two get guys I see in the lineup that I feel like they – it feels like they never get hits are, are Marte and McNeil. Uh, if I were a Met fan, I would be so done with Marte and so done with McNeil. Uh, it feels like – even when they get hits, they're like empty hits. Um, they've had terrible seasons. And McNeil, you know, he just got a new long-term deal, so I don't know it's what that a, means. He's a batting champ from last year. I, I know, I know. He's a but batting he's, champ. He's been, he has been brutal, and he has <gasps> no power. So even when he gets – he's got like a bunch of singles. Yeah. It's, not, Marte, it's not impact. You're right about Marte, and even tonight, two two opportunities. Oh, he, he killed Seventh you. inning, he came up, yeah. grounded into a double you. play, yep. and struck out with the bases loaded in the ninth. Right. It He's wasn't like hit. you had a whole bunch of runners in scoring no. position to begin with, but a lot of them were while Marte was up there, and it did absolutely nothing. No. So you make a good point with the everyday guys, but for me, it's the bullpen. I want them all gone. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, I, I can see that. All of them. 1-800-919-3776. When we return. <laughs> I laughed at Woj. <laughs> Woj was funny today. Woj, was, he was funny today. The Knicks are interested in James Harden. <laughs> it's not funny, Gordon. <laughs> we'll come back and talk about it next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I think they're trying to save their powder for maybe a huge name player that might become available in the next year. And so they got a question, is it worth using some of their draft assets or some of their young players in trade for James Harden now? Or can they wait for a potentially younger player that might be a better fit? Remember, whoever trades for James Harden is going to have to deal with him on a one-year contract. And his, his contract is structured in a way that he can't extend it. So you're trading for a guy on the last year of his deal that you're going to have to deal with this in a year. He had difficulty coming to terms at age 33 here with Philadelphia who had reason to re-sign him. Whatever they were offering, he didn't like. And I don't blame him for playing hardball. You're going to inherit that situation next year. It's obviously trading for a player that doesn't have a lot of money left, but it's trading for a player that you might just be renting, and that'll affect the price. 
That's Brian Windhorst, who was on PTI, Hardesty and Damer, until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Gordon, this is just me. The only way I see the Knicks making this move is if they are part of a three-team deal mm. where Harden goes somewhere else. Yes. And they get something else. But I, where, I don't see him here. I really don't. It can't be true. Nor do I want him. <laughs> I, I would never question the great Woj or any of the people that are insiders that, that, that are reporting on this type of stuff. There's, there's no possible way. This is such a years gone by of the Knicks front office kind of move. This is an Isaiah Thomas running the Knicks kind of move. This is a Phil Jackson running the Knicks kind of move. There's no way that Leon Rose, who's done some 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 uh, things you don't like, maybe, but he's done some good things on the whole, and the organization is in a far better spot now than they've been in a very long time. There's no way they have compiled these assets to now all of a sudden go and land James Harden. It's I, I'm sorry, I'm not. I will not believe that. I will not believe that the Knicks are now going to do this for a 34 year old James Harden. That would be the biggest mistake. That would be worse than Fournier and Kemba Walker. You're right. A 34-year-old with an expiring contract. Right. (laughs) And giving up assets for him. Exactly. Knowing that he's probably going – knowing that he's going to be gone because he's not going to stay. He wants to go back to Houston. I don't know why, but he wants to go back to Houston. I mean, Gordon, it doesn't make any sense. Now, for the Clippers, okay, I kind of see it because for them – you know, they're they're looking for that consistent third person, you know, because Paul George is not consistent. Kawhi Leonard's not consistent or available a lot. So you need somebody there. And yes, that's that's a B Gordon. Really? Tom Thibodeau and James. Harden. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. No, There's guys that are Tib fits. I would not think that James Harden is a fit with Tibbs. No. He is not a fit with Tibbs. No, no, no. Thank you, Josh Hart. Yeah. Thank you, thank you Josh Hart, mm-hmm. for, for doing a solid. Well, uh, that means that he's going to really get paid uh, in yes. August. But yes. But that's okay. That's okay. That gives you some time right now. Some time. I can move some other people mm-hmm. <laughs> to make room, you know? So I, I just, I mean, when I saw that, I busted out laughing. Janet's like, what's so funny? <laughs> James Hart's coming. They were talking about James no, Harden coming I, to the Knicks. Come on. That that would be, uh, that would put the Leon Rose tenure from where it is right now. It would set it back so much so that I I don't know. It might be tough to recover from. Yeah, if, you're right. If, if this is what we've compiled these assets for, that would show a level of desperation. I don't even think the Knicks have. I mean, if you were going to do that, then you should have you should have brought Donovan Mitchell in. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If this is if now you're sitting in a spot where you where you think that that would make sense to bring in James Harden again, who will turn 34 in August, and and also generally plays the the same position as Jalen Brunson, who's mm-hmm. always got the ball in his hand, um, it, it would it, it would just show you that there is no plan and they're just they're just grasping at straws trying to find something to, that would get some some headlines. The Knicks yep. don't need to get headlines. No. The Knicks don't need to go and make those kind of moves. And I'd like to think that the organization has learned that they don't need to go and make splashy moves just to, to sell tickets. The Knicks are going to sell tickets regardless. Even when they're bad. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Even when they're bad, they do. So this 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 can't be what we're. No, this, can't this be. This can't cannot be. happen. This, 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 Absolutely not. Can't be. Can't be. Jose's in Brooklyn. Jose, start us out on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, good evening, Larry GD. Uh, shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to call in, and I got to ask: Are you guys going to be at the beach bash tomorrow? I will be there. I will not, unfortunately. Oh man! All right. So I'll uh, I'll see you, GD. So all right, go. I'm planning to head out there tomorrow, so I'm getting ready and getting ready to take the New Jersey Transit down. So we'll see. We'll hope. Uh, hopefully. Oh come on, Jose! Ready. Drive. <laughs> you know what happened, Larry? I became a city kid, and you know, you know how you know you know so yeah, how some city kids never you know really upskill and get get that thing. And you don't want me behind the wheel. I'll, I'll start treating things like it's Mario Kart. Uber, <laughs> Uber, Uber. <laughs> no worries. So I wanted to definitely chime in on this James Harden stuff because I, I I I find it hilarious. Like like I almost find like I I kind of find it like almost insulting that it's actually mentioned with the Knicks because it's just like this can't be it. This this is not it. This is not going to be a good move for all the personality traits I've already mentioned earlier. I'm not going to talk about his personality flaws right now, but we all know where he's going to be at the late nights in New York. It's not. It, 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 this, this is not who you want around young talent, which is why I, I don't think you know Houston. You know that that the the story with Houston has dried up because do you really want to you know poison that well? I I don't like like it's got to be for clickbait. It's got to be for attention because if he does if they do this, what they're gonna do is they're gonna show they're gonna show that you know Scott let pretty much that Scott Perry was the brain, and you don't want to do that in, with with the first year of him being out. So this is this is the important move. Man. Please don't tell me you know any of these guys like hard like I find hard like honestly when I hear Harden Larry that's when I'm like you know what give me Porzingis and Levine and all these other guys because I'm like mm. this is not the guy that I want. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want them either. So, so thank you so much for hearing me, Rat, and I hope you guys have a great one, and I'll see you tomorrow, GD. <laughs> all right, Jose, thanks for checking in. I mean, Gordon is very simple. Like I said, see the part of a three-team deal, or this is what the agent is doing. To try to stir, you know, make people think that there's some business going on. That's possible. They just do that all the time. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I because I, I, I don't see the Knicks doing that. And there like was I a say, time Clippers where the Knicks would get thrown in there, and it would be legitimate that they would be going. That's how they used to run things. So mm-hmm. um, you're hoping that they're not that same kind of organization because uh, James Harden. Uh, there's, uh, I know that I said last night, Larry, that the NBA offseason's been a little dull so far. Mm -hmm. And I know I've said in the past, I'm tired of hearing all the same names associated with the Knicks. I did not mean that we have to start now throwing out things that would just be preposterous. (laughs) I didn't mean that. You wanted something out of left field. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't want that. That, that I'll take right field. Give me right field. I don't want left field. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. All roads lead to ESPN New York's Beach Bash when it hits the Jersey Shore tomorrow, Friday, June 30th at Bar A in Lake Como. 
for two live broadcasts, plus an appearance from DPA Tony Rothenberg, who will give away the All-American Ford Bronco. It all kicks off with Bart and Han live at noon, followed by the Michael K. Show from 3 to 7 p.m. with giveaway for fans in attendance and music from the Moroccan Sheep Herders. It's all brought to you by Patron Tequila, Stoli Vodka, Bed MGM, All-American Auto Group, Calandra's Bakery, Smart Water, and Flight by Eula. You must be at least 21 years of age to enter. Gordon Damer will be there representing the show. Thank you, Gordon. Appreciate it. Of course, at least I can do. Larry, you you go everywhere. This one, this one's in my backyard. I got to make an appearance. Yes, you know, and, and me, you know, I, I'm trying to move some things around, but starting vacation, no, my friend. So uh, yeah, know. that's that's a, that's a long haul before vacations. That's a <laughs> yes, that's a is. tough one for you. Yes. Now, I should have done a better job and planned. I could stop there on the way to vacation. That's what. Yeah, I that's done. yeah, that's that's that, true. That but been, that would have been look, a better idea. Yeah. Well. Everybody, has, in hindsight, plans are always much easier to make. You know? They so really the, are. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> They really are. When you're, when you're planning your summer vacation in the, the winter or the spring, you're not necessarily mm-hmm. thinking of all the things that are going to lay down the, down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hardesty and Damer, 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Robbie's next on 98.7. Hey, Gordon, Larry, how are you? Nice, nice, nice to talk to you. Thanks for taking the call. Um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way that the Yankees are going to score 21 games, 21 runs in two games. I mean, it was just the Oakland A's. And by the way, I mean, just to show you how ridiculous baseball is, I mean, Herman gives up 10 runs the last game and Alf pitches the perfect game. I mean, I, I just, you know, it's funny. I thought it was recording last night. And I saw the score was 6 nothing. So I said, oh, what the bad. I said, I figure I'll don't win the game. Then I wake up in the morning and find out he pitched the perfect game. But it's like, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I mean, the Oakland A's are a disaster. I mean, how do you have a billionaire owner who decides that basically that team doesn't matter? You get 12,000 people at the stadium, and half of them are Yankee fans. I think it's just bad for baseball, just in general. But I mean, it was nice to actually see Boone put the same lineup out. But why is Bader hitting behind Stanton? Bader's hitting at least 260 through 70 this year. He should be leading off. He's got speed. He can steal bases. I just don't understand these these silly lineups. I really they make no sense to me. And if, and I don't understand specifically. I know Donaldson had a home run today, but if anybody thinks that Donaldson all of a sudden is going to go on a tear, they're crazy. And by the way, I watched the Met game, Larry. I mean, mm-hmm. can anybody? The situational Why? hitting. I know <laughs> exactly. It's like torture, torture. But at least my Yankees are. At least the Yankees are relevant. I mean, the Mets. I mean, the Mets are killing me. I mean, the Mets are showing you know, the greatest team. The, the three hundred sixty-four million dollars can't can't buy. But what's interesting is that. You know, nobody understands situational hitting today in baseball. It's like almost like nine guys get up there without any thought process. Sterling Marte had already grounded to a double play. Why not just lay one down? Everybody's playing back for a double play. It's a 3-2 game. Have it just bunted one up the line and getting a man home. You never know. Nope. I mean, it's like there's no Sorry, Robbie. surprise in baseball. Huh? Nope, not and happening, my, my friend. Not okay. happening. Thanks for the phone call. Not happening. This is, Gordon, this is not your dad's baseball. <laughs> They're no. not bunting. Nope. You know, they're stealing only because they made the bases the bases mm-hmm. bigger and they got the pitch clock and they're trying to get stolen bases more involved. That's why Canna had a couple of stolen bases tonight. And a big one in the night. Well, it didn't turn out to be, but I mean, that, was a gutsy, that was a gutsy call. You have to be safe there. He was safe. You thought maybe you're putting a little pressure on to get the tying run home. Exactly. But no, didn't work, unfortunately. And, and the other thing is, I don't think, Gordon, I might be wrong. I, I I would wonder when's the last time somebody asked Starling Marte to bunt. Yeah, it's probably been a while. It's been a long time. So it's, it's not that it's not. They don't think that way now, Robbie. They don't. 
I hear what you're saying, but they and, don't and think that when, way. When the Mets are, they can't get runs. They can't be giving up outs. And ba- yeah. by bunting, you're giving up an out. Yeah. He ended up, I mean, he ended up getting two outs anyway, but I'm right. saying <laughs> the double play and he struck out. But, you know, I hear what you're saying, but no, he's, you know, this, here's the mentality. Help me out, Gordon. Hit the ball out of the ballpark or strike out. That's it. That, that's what we want. That's what well, we're looking for. When you hit, when you make contact with the ball, they want you to hit the ball hard someplace. They want you to make good contact and hit the ball hard. Now, if that's a home run, great. But they don't. They're not looking for giving up outs and and moving guys up and and that type of stuff. When I mean, how many times the Mets have all had all these guys on the base and yeah. and can't? Well, maybe not tonight, but late in the game, seventh inning, ninth inning, they had plenty of opportunities to get a run home. And they just can't. I mean, they just can't, can't get a hit, can't get the big hit. And and one other thing, I would not be surprised if the A's change once they get to Vegas. Oh yeah, I mean, the the, the owner is intentionally doing. It. He's sabotaging the team so that they can move, uh, because they're not. Oakland is not going to build them a, a stadium that they want. Uh, they're not going to give them enough money for the stadium, so they're going to move to to Vegas because they are going to give them the stadium, and he has more than enough money. That's not a mm-hmm. it's not a question of money. It's not a small market. It's uh, it, they have plenty of money there, but he's he's just decided to sabotage the team so he can move the team. Remember when you couldn't have a professional franchise in Vegas yeah. because of can't, the betting? They can't get there fast <laughs> enough. It's like the Cannonball Run now. They were all racing to get there. Jonathan's in L.A. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Uh, Gordon, you hit it right in the bat yesterday, man. Before the game started, you were like, hey, you know what? How about that little uh, thing that that we're having here at the radio? How about if you put – how about if the winner chooses Oakland to have the perfect game or no hit or whatever? Boom, the first thing when I see No, them, I was meaning that they, you pick against the Yankees. I wasn't saying pick oh. the Yankees because the Yankee offense is so bad generally, but they've scored some runs here against the A's. Well, I don't know if it's going to carry yeah, over to the Cardinals the series. But... Got hurt too. Come on, we're Yankee fans. Gordon, take it easy on my Yankees. Now, let me tell you something, though. As a baseball fan, I'm not trashing them or nothing, but dear God, Larry, so sorry. Those Mets are awful. They should complete. Marty? completely swings at everything. Jeez, mm-hmm. oh my god. They are so awful. Um I'm Larry, I I dropped some coin on them and I, last time I do that. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, I understand what you? he's saying because you think eventually it's going to it's going to come. It's they got to they can't lose yeah, exactly. every single day. They got to win one of these them? once in a while. I know. Have you watched them? I I have, unfortunately. Okay, so I'm then you should to. know better. I know. Well, look, I didn't say I did it. I learned my lesson earlier in this. I learned my lesson nice in the job, beginning man. of the month. Yeah, no, no. I mean, people are going to the game. Why? People are betting on the game. Why? What are you doing? Oh, I mean, it, that stadium, once they get into like August, yeah, it's going to be a ghost town. You're able to play baseball in the stands. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a ghost town because be think about it. A lot of the Met fans are also Jet fans. Yep. That's right. A lot of connection there. That's it. And those That's Met it. fans will—they're ready to give up now, and the Jets aren't even playing yet. I mean, the Mets have the exact record opposite that the Yankees have. Yankees nine games above. Mets are nine games under for the first time, Gordon, since September 2021. What's more surprising that the Yankees, without Judge, are now nine games over, or that the Mets? 
with essentially their team. I know Diaz is not there, and they've had some injuries in the course of the year, but they're nine games under 500. No, it's, it's clearly the Mets. It's clearly in the Mets, Gordon. And here's the scary thing. They are, what, four, three and a half? They're three and a half away from last place in the division. Uh, that is. Can you believe that? They're three and a half games ahead of the Nationals. Three and a half. And and the owner has to go on record as saying, no, nobody's getting fired. And the Marlins are 14 games over 500. The Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> the Marlins. Who are rolling. Swept, swept Boston. Not that Boston's a great team, but we're talking Miami. They won seven out of their last ten. I mean, the, the, and listen, we don't even want to talk about Atlanta had the day off. Gordon, 20 oh, and didn't. four in June. Right. 20 and four. 55 home runs. The Braves the might play in your division, but they're in a league by themselves. They, you are OPS. not in their league. 920 OPS, Gordon. 920. Oh, so good. Oh. Richardson, Manhattan. Hi, Richard. Hi, Larry. Hi, Gordon. You know, I had the game on radio last night, and uh, they mentioned the, the uh, perfect game all throughout, all throughout. Now, in the old days, Gordon, Larry, you'd remember this. They never mentioned it. Lindsey Nelson, mm. Phil Rizzuto. It was like a jinx. Maybe in the ninth inning they'd announce it. But throughout the game, never. It was, it was thought of bad, you know, bad karma. And the guy that used to laugh at that, the first guy, was John Sterling. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in the early 90s when he, well, he started in the late 80s, he would always announce it, right? He says, well, I know I'm going against tradition here, but, you know, if the pitcher's got a no-hitter or a perfect game, why shouldn't I tell everybody? He was the one that glorified that. I remember that. Now, of course, it's, uh, you know, they just mentioned it right after fourth inning. They'll say he's got a no-hitter <laughs> or a perfect game. Uh, you know what's interesting? I, they had a list of the guys who did no perfect games. And this is, it was interesting. I'm going on memory here. Mm-hmm. Colfax in 65, Andy Colfax pitched a perfect game against the uh, Cubs. But the Cub pitcher, I remember, his name was Henley. He threw a one-hitter, and the score was one nothing. Chicago, uh, uh, the Dodgers beat Chicago, Colfax pitching the perfect game. Now, the only hit was a guy, Larry, you might have remembered, Lou Johnson, They gave the nickname Sweet Lou. No, I don't remember. He was in the outfield with Willie Davis, Willie Davis and Tom and Tommy Davis. He was on mm. that '65 championship. Anyway, okay. he got the only hit of the game, but it had nothing to do with the run. The run scored on an error and a double play or something. So I was thinking, if Johnson didn't get that hit, Henley would have pitched a no hitter. But it would have only gone eight innings because he didn't pitch the ninth because it was at Chavez Ravine in L.A. So he didn't get a chance to pitch. Would that have counted as a no-hitter, an eight-inning game where you, did, you pitched the no-hitter, but because your, team, because your team lost, you didn't get a chance to pitch in the ninth? Hmm. Do you guys know, would that have counted as a no-hitter? As it was, it was a one-hitter. But I don't know. That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, I know. Just something I would have thought about. Well, Andy anyway, Hawkins, I think that didn't that happen to Andy Hawkins in like the late 80s with the Yankees? They were playing the White Sox. And he pitched an eight hitter. He pitched a no hitter. And I think they wiped it off the books. Like it, at the time, it was considered innings? a no hitter, but they kind of changed the rules later on. I'll, I'll take a look in the break. I, I vaguely remember Andy Hawkins doing something like that. Yeah, this would have been a double no. Uh, this, uh, this would have been unbelievable. And Herman now has a chance to become the first pitcher in baseball history to pitch two perfect games. 
I mean, he's got the rest of his career to go. So, <laughs> hey, fellas, one more quickie. Let's say he had 99 pitches after seven. After seven, would Boone have let him go out for the eighth? I think the Figuring same situation that he with the runs. At least 30, well, you figure 99, he's got maybe 26, 27 left. At, you know, that's at the most, maybe 20. Would he have let him go 120 to 130? I don't know. That, that's an interesting I point. I, I, I don't know. know. After seven, I know. That I would have been know. tough to ponder. Fellas, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. I mean, after watching Johan Santana, Gordon, thought like, what, 136? Or something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, for his no-hitter? Um, you know, so I, you know, and he was not the same afterwards. And I remember the conversations, right? Of, you know, Ooh, I, I wasn't coming out. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't coming out of the game. I wanted that no hit. I wasn't coming out of the game, but, um, it cost him a little later. It didn't help him. I'll say that. Didn't and it's also weird. The Yankees have had all these perfect games in, in my lifetime. I'm not even talking, uh, the, the Don Larson one. I'm just talking mm-hmm. in my lifetime, the Wells, the, 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 uh, the cone. Oh. And then last night, and the Mets have had just one no-hitter. And they're the organization that's known for pitching. I mean, they mm-hmm. have great pitchers in their organization, but yet for whatever reason, they only have the Bad one. Bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah. Seaver almost had two. It's it crazy. Is. Yeah, it is. Because it really now no-hitters are, are – a guy has a no-hitter. By the end of the week, you forgot that there was even a no-hitter. They're so <laughs> – co- it's, it's not yeah. the, the attraction that it used to be. You now have group no-hitters. Five guys. Right. Oh, yeah. That, that happened to the Yankees a bunch. Of, it happened against them. Uh, the Astros had one. I think somebody mm-hmm. else had one recently. Yeah. Bunch of, so it's, it's, it's crazy. But to me, I don't think you can say, well, it's, it's Oakland. A perfect game is a perfect game. I don't care who it's against. Oh, no. Absolutely. I don't uh, care who it's against. Right. It would be one thing if it happened to the A's two or three times this year. But it hasn't. No. It has only happened 24 times in the history of the sport. So yeah, no. it doesn't matter who it's against. No, it does not matter. When we return, we're going to talk a little football. Because I don't want to talk baseball anymore. <laughs> That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer till midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I want to get you in the football frame of mind, my friend. That'll do it. You know, a little, little training camp coming mm-hmm. up in a, you know, a couple of weeks. And I went back and looked in the break. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. Andy Hawkins lost the no-hitter. 4-0, the White Sox beat him. Uh, and he did not give up a hit, but there were. I, I remembered as I started looking at it, they had he had walked a couple of hitters, and then they hit a. There was a, uh, a pop up to the left field. I think Jim Lairitz lost it in the wind or something. Then Jesse Barfield lost one in the sun. Wow! So he not only lost a no hitter, but lost it for nothing. That's how bad the 1990 mm. Yankees were. Wow! Jesse Barfield was a good guy. Yeah, he was a good. He was a good right fielder. Had a he great was. arm. One of the great arms of all time. That's where he should have been, not left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he should have been the right. So, Gordon, our teammates Mike Clay and Seth Walder, okay, have ranked NFL rosters, giving right. their strengths, weaknesses, X factors, and unknown players to watch. So, we'll talk about the two locals, and then there's another team I want to get your thoughts about. All right, let's start with the G-men. Little Chris Berman for you. Strongest unit, according to these guys, Gordon, are the interior defensive line. Now, the Giants' defense struggled last season, 28th overall, 29th against the run, which was disappointing considering it was one of the league's top interior Ds on paper. Obviously, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, who just got pizzayed, 
And, you know, now they got some other players who are going to be better. What, what are your thoughts about the Giants' interior line? Well, I mean, for all the criticism we gave Dave Gettleman, and I think rightfully so because he was a disaster, he did put those pieces together there, right? Leonard Williams was brought over in the trade. Dexter Lawrence was part of the, the, the um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He got one of the draft picks there. And that's the way that he wanted to kind of build the team with defensive linemen. So, um, and they have certainly blossomed. So a very strong unit for the Giants there. And, and a big part of that defense last year, a lot of the success was based on that defense, keeping games close, waiting for the, the offense to make a play. So that has been the case. Yeah, there. It, it's, you know, all this conversation about Leonard Williams, what are they going to do, the money against the cap and everything. Uh, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with him, Gordon. But listen, that that their interior line, there's no question this, this is the strength of that defense. Linebacker has improved. Secondary, you know, you're still a little concerned about them. But uh, defensively, they're going to be okay. The weakest unit, according to the tag team of Clay and Walder, the wide receiver. Wondell Robinson torn ACL in Week 11. Sterling Shepard torn ACL in Week 3. Paris Campbell's missed 34 games in four seasons. Jamison Crowder, former Jet, 24 missed games over the last three seasons. Darius Slayton on the trade block last season. And Isaiah Hodgkins, 13 appearances in three seasons. And, of course, Jalen Hyde, the third-round rookie. They need some help at the wide receiver board. They, There's no they question They got a about lot that. of options, but they don't have anything that's that you look at and you say, that's for sure. Now, you like what you saw from Hodgkins last year. Slayton has been good at times, uh, even though he was on the trade block last year. Jamison Crowder feels like he catches 80 balls every season no matter where he goes. Yeah. But he's but, missed a lot of games of late, Yeah, he's been crazy. hurt a lot. And Sterling Shepard's always hurt. Uh, yeah. Wandell Robinson losing him. Is, uh, Paris Campbell's been hurt a lot. They don't. I guess they don't include the, the tight end, no, Waller, the as part receivers, of the receivers. Yeah. Not, I mean, not, that's, that's the one receivers. thing you're so, kind of no. hoping. But he's been hurt a lot, too. True. That's right. That's right. Now, for them, the X factor, Evan Neal. Rookie season, one to forget, he ranked 58th and 54th out of 64 in pass block win rate and run block win rate. Yeah, they need him to play better. That, that, and that really should be a major strength. If Andrew Thomas continues to play well, that the, the Giants have invested a lot in that offensive line and getting that offensive line fixed. Um, and now with $40 million on the quarterback, it's great that he can run around, but you don't want to have him running for his life. So Evan Neal needs to uh, step up in year two. And look, I think it took Andrew Thomas a little while yes. to, 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 to uh, develop. And I, I think offensive line is one of those positions that takes you a little while. To develop, you don't always get uh, Walter Jones right away. Yeah, you're right. And listen, it's a team effort too. That's the other part of it. You know, they play as a unit. They don't play. We we we, you know, analyze them as individuals. Mm-hmm. But Gordon, they play together as a line. And sometimes bad communication. You leave the rookie out there. You know, he he got caught up in a couple of situations. So no, there's no question. He's got to play better. And if he plays better, that means Daniel Jones will play better. And also Saquon so. Barkley. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. The key really is going to be a Waller. If he can stay healthy and give them, I mean, you know, 14, 15 games, Gordon, 13, 14 games, that would be a major uptick because it takes the pressure off everybody uh, in the receiving core. But the question is going to be, is this the year that Sterling Shepard kind of gives them some games? Uh, I, he, I don't think you can count on I, Yeah, I, I don't see how you could possibly count on him. 
Uh, he's been hurt too all. Now, I think good for him trying to come back. He seems like a really good guy. He's great friends with, with Saquon. But I don't think if you're a Giant fan, anything you get out of Sterling Shepard is a bonus because that guy is hurt way too often, and I don't see how you can rely on him going into a season. Yeah, and there's one question I have about him before we get to the other two teams. We'll do that next. Hardesty and Damer. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN.